Good morning. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. I am Kevin Sully on the right side of your screen, joined on the left side of the screen by Gordon Mack, adorned in a, a Lehigh shirt today, Gordon. Yes, this is my brother's uh, gift to me from like, I guess, 15 years ago. I don't know how, how long ago. He graduated college in 2006. So, same shirt. Same as me. Class of 06. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys are friends. I don't, I don't <laughs> fit in any shirts from 15 years ago, just uh, as a fact check there. Gordon, of course, has the inspirational quote behind him. I countered with one of my own. The best is yet to come today. So who knows? In, in a couple of weeks, maybe it's just going to be wall-to-wall inspirational things that you see on Etsy just in our, uh, in our, in our backdrop here, Gordon. Now, I, uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking. Like we're doing this daily podcast where we had to come up with track topics. But I just have to get this off my chest. Have you seen Tiger King yet? I am 98% done with it. 90, how do you get 90? What's the final 2%? Like the fa- last five minutes? The, I fell asleep at 20 minutes ago last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Without knowing the final 20 minutes. Is there anything crazy? There's nothing crazy that happens in that show, so I can't possibly believe that the last 20 minutes there would be another twist. Uh, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I really like documentaries, sports documentaries, um, news documentaries. It doesn't matter the subject. Like I'm big into documentaries. And most documentary shows or series, whether it's true crime or even sports, there's, oh, that one twist that happens 55% of the way through and it makes you change your opinion on something. There's a twist in this thing about every four minutes. It is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. Yeah, it was like a ping pong match where I was literally, I was defending the other person back and forth. You know, like I was like, oh, no, this is, I'm clearly on Team Joe. Oh, no, I'm on Team Carol. Oh, no, I'm back on Team Joe. And it, I never thought there's nothing that could happen that would make me switch. And then something would happen and I would switch and then I would switch back and, you know, how do you? I guess you haven't seen the last twenty minutes, so I can't ask you where you ended your your uh, position. But where's your position now with twenty minutes left in the episode to go? All right, like who, uh, who, who, well, my who, position. Who do you side with? Well, I think he was definitely. I think he was set up for sure, right? Um, are you asking who do I find more trustworthy between the two of them? If you had to. Uh, Pick someone to, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Who, 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 who would you rather be? You know, yeah. yeah. Who do you trust more? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know because they're both flawed. So yeah, yeah. I, I would put her slightly above him, and this is about twenty minutes ago. Now I'm really regretting not finishing the thing because, do you know the only? And you can, you can actually don't. I don't want you to spoil this for me, but. The only person who really comes out unscathed in terms of, um, and I, I could be completely wrong here because I haven't finished it, but the only person who comes across as, oh, they don't have this crazy side story is her husband, right? Like, they're literally the only guy. Yeah. There's I, you, there's a little scene with the husband that kind of just, like, annoys you, but you'll you'll see. Okay. I, I oh, Man, I wish you would have watched the final 20 minutes. Oh, shoot. See, I should have done that. I didn't realize. I prepped in terms of track topics for today's show. I did not yeah. prep in terms of... Of Tiger King, I will say this though: the side characters are what is what does it for me in that show. It's not even really so much about Carol and and Tiger Man himself. It's like 
the other random animal keepers and the guy who was uh, was he a drug trafficker and then he gets into and he was involved in a murder and then now he's just into exotic animals. Uh, obviously, the men that that Joe married throughout the years. It's just, I mean, it's just like never ending. Like if you miss one episode in that thing or you miss twenty minutes, you're like you're down like six or seven plot twists and and, and character development points. I mean the the amount of stuff that changes is just. It's just absolutely obscene. And I, there's a track connection, though, to it, right? Yeah, there's there's one track connection. Uh, during episode two, I believe, when Doc Antle, the one, the South Carolina... Uh, that guy. Preserve guy. That guy. Myrtle Beach guy. The, uh, <laughs> that guy, who had a lot of girlfriends. Um, there was a moment when they're talking about how people like taking their photos with these cubs or tigers, and they did a quick montage of like photos of him with tigers with with people who were taking the photos and one of the photos they flashed was of long jumping olympian marquise goodwin so that's ridiculous it's so random but it's also so like it fits in perfectly with the show where are you are you do you have a need to hold a baby tiger cub in your life no i have been to a party where there was exotic animals for people to hold. Okay. I did not partake. I took a photo because I was like, this is weird. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, this was clearly a uh, – it was a rich person's party for, for the record. It was like at this mansion in Texas or something like that. But I remember seeing it and I was kind of like, this is random. Like why do they have like – a? it was like they brought them in. Like it, it wasn't like their own tiger. It was like – Hey, we're bringing in the exotic animals now for you to look at, and like people would play with them. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, "This is weird," because uh, they were like literally in like baby like they're like in baby uh, cribs. It yeah. was like weird, you know these cubs. And anyway, uh, but I never really had the fascination to want to hold a cub yeah. or a tiger. I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Same, but, same. That's if why someone we- gives one to me, I'll hold it, but I'm not gonna go i'm not gonna pay for it or drive somewhere 20 hours away to go hold one you know what did they say the price was i think it was in episode one or two to get into the park it's hundreds of dollars right yeah it's like 300 or 500 dollars to get into the park so it's not like a regular zoo ticket where you pay like 20 bucks it's like no it's insane yeah yeah the, the whole thing is completely wild and i when they did that montage and Mark East goodwin shows up and they're talking about how people are drawn to it that just never was my impression of holding a baby tiger I, it was not on a bucket list of things that i needed to do before i i, I died it, it's very i also i think it's strange too how connected it is to like organized crime and other criminal opportunities like there's this shady guy in vegas and he might be running a credit card scam and he also invests in exotic animals i didn't know that those were related at all do you think uh goodwin has like second thoughts now because like he's now kind of like shown as be like a apologist for exotic animals no or something like that no i, I mean the one the one dude went up to capitol hill and like took in like tigers to like congress people so I, I think everybody was was uh was, was drawn to this in some way shape or form i mean if there's a guy standing by like the beach in santa monica and he has like a monkey on his shoulder everyone's gonna stop and take a picture right that's just like how pe- yeah. people I- interact with animals now, 
what I'm not paying three hundred dollars to to go to Winwood, Winwood, Oklahoma. Is that where this was? Winwood, somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, and Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going all the way over there to do it, but I think it's human curiosity to see it. But man, just like talk about the just cast of characters in that thing. Like any one of those characters alone could have been their own show, right? Like the guy who gets out of prison and then does a who from from uh, from trafficking drugs. Like I would watch a spin-off documentary on him. I would watch a Doc Antle documentary. I would obviously watch a Carol documentary that's 100% on Carol. Like how many like the role players in this doc are so good. I was trying to think of uh, obviously because I have to do this daily track podcast. I have to find ways to connect things I'm doing outside of track with track because there's no live events right now. And I was trying to think, all right, this this like you said, there's very diverse cast of characters from different pers- like personalities and all that together. And I was like, all right, how do we? What is like the person? You know how there's always like cliche type of athlete or coach on a track team. Whether it's like the cliche thrower, the jumper, or the the lazy distance runner, or whatever, yeah. I was trying to like who who is Joe Exotic if it was a track team, like what if it, if it was a track team, who's a Joe Exotic guy on a track team? And I was trying to think. I think Joe Exotic is the 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 guy for who for some reason you're when you come in as a freshman, you're you're wondering why is this guy not cut from the team like do you remember when he come like i remember coming into college as a freshman and i would see like this one senior guy who was definitely not fit he was a little overweight but he was still on the team and he was like one of the leaders of the team and i was like but he was like slower than all the freshmen and i'm like how's this guy <laughs> still on this team um he kind of got grandfathered in before the team started like actually like caring i guess yeah so he kind of like riding like well you let me in early, so you can't get rid of me now. I feel like Joe Exotic is the the senior who is slower than everyone else, but for some reason is considered like uh, a pillar of the team. That's who he is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. And it's like he's the one who hosts the parties. He's the one who does all the plans for like the you know like the freshman hazing. He does all the. He's like the leader of the team, but when it actually comes to running he's like he's running you know the the sea race for the cross country team you know everybody that's what i think well everybody goes along with what he says but no one really likes him likes him but he's just there he's just like an institution it's yeah like, why are we doing this oh it's because joe cross country told us to do it it's like well does anybody stop and actually think about what joe cross country is saying it's like no we've just always kind of done what joe cross country does. i thought about a guy i went to high school with um he did not commit any crimes and he did not have any exotic animals, but he was, he did the, for track, he ran the four by eight, the mile, and he was our best high jumper. And he was insanely talented. We'd go out for runs around the community and he and another guy figured out how you could get into the sewer system by our high school. And they would run parallel to where we were and they would yell and you would hear the noises coming up from underground, like through the grates in the gutter. Um, he would never really warm up. His warm up would be like, sometimes he would, you'd see him like climbing on trash cans. Um, he had a very circus like uh, athletic ability. Like he would climb 
up like into the bleachers and hang, do all this dangerous, ridiculous stuff. Um, and I remember one time me and my buddy were talking to him. We had finished a race and we were cooling down, but the high jump was still going on. And we were standing by the gate and we were talking to him and he was still in his uniform and we were just making small talk with him. And then he cut us off and we're like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I got to jump right now. And we're like, what? And he just turns around from the gate and then sprints at the bar and then jumps out. Like that was his preparation to go high jump. But just like a very <laughs> – like everybody knows that sort of like insanely talented but like very, very quirky person on the team as well too. And like not disciplined. Just like just there no. to have fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Here, here's th- – th- this person that existed in high school for you, was there a time during practice where you tried to do a pole vault? I feel like he's someone who would do that. Oh, yeah. just, you know, there's always that one guy who's like, oh, I'm going to try pole vaulting for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he tried everything. Like, literally, my coach one time yelled at him. He yelled his name, and he said, stop climbing on the trash cans. <laughs> and that was, How do you climb on a trash can? That's he was – so he was the – he had stacked the trash cans up and put one after the other, so they were, like, rolling. So it was like a circus act, and he was trying to go from one to the next to the next. Like – the fact that he didn't break every single bone in his body, and I guess this is how you tie it back to Joe Exotic, right? Like, the fact that he wasn't eaten by a tiger numerous times was a small miracle. And I think that's the same thing uh, here with my guy. Although, very nice guy, uh, did not say terrible things about Carol Baskin, but just his, like, approach to, to life, the whimsy, was, uh, was what I thought of. I would, here's another one. Doc Antle, the one who was the the – the older the, the guy with the beard from South, you know, from South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. He is he's very the wealthy one of the group. Yes. He is the he's the like the coach of the distance squad for like the rich school in your town <laughs> that like for some reason they always like show up and they always have like 12 guys who are good. And he's like this like overweight coach who's just like always like he's very into for himself. some reason they just show up at. He's burying himself, and they always, like, do well. And it's always annoying because you know, like, oh, I got a race. I mean, I think of – I could think of specific schools in, in high school that, like, oh, they're so, like, you know, like the uppity, rich cross-country team that just always dominates you because you're not good enough because they have, like, for some reason, 12 good guys. But he's the coach of that squad. That's what Doc Antle is. That, that, I'm trying to think who Carol is. Well, that's a good – so, Eventually, I'll figure that well, out. Well, so that's a good, that's a good comparison because – when I think Doc Antle, I think guy who is super proud of being good at something that nobody really cares that much about, and and that would fit that that bill perfectly. Like the, high school cross country. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I love I, I love high school cross country. I was a high school cross country coach at one point, but too into it, too into. Well, you, yeah. you, you know, we had six all league performances last week, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. They can't. They don't do well at state, but they're like really good at the district level. Yeah, yeah or or they, they'll yeah. send you their time trial results, and you're like, great, you did a time trial. Like, we don't really need to know this, Doc Antle. Also, get off the elephant. An elephant is not allowed on the cross country course. <laughs> uh, Carol, man. Now, legal issues aside, with with that, or legal questions aside, with Carol. I mean, she's definitely into like following outwardly at least rules, right? Yeah. She's she seems like the person who wins a lot of races. Who are the coach of a team that wins a lot of races because of protests? Right. She's definitely. You know, they put up. She's definitely flagging some uniform violations out there. Yeah, she's flagging uniform violations. She's like, "Hey, you're outside the line," or like, 
Oh, I saw him step outside of the exchange zone. She's definitely flagging uniform violations. Carol was... Yeah, she's like, oh, I see them wearing jewelry. Oh, they have headphones on the infield. All that stuff. She's watching it all. And that's how they win every single title. Her favorite meet, Carol Baskin's favorite track meet, was the 2018 World Indoor Championships. Oh, yeah. that was, She was getting off on that. that yeah, she was like, ooh. More DQs, more DQs. That's what. That's so true. That's a true. So wait, she would she would DQ everyone. Oh my goodness. Oh, is man. there really without telling me what happens? Is there really going to be something in the last twenty minutes that shocks me? Yeah. Of course there is. Right? I mean, what's the last thing that happened? That. I don't know. He's in. I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, he's currently he's currently on. You know, he's about to be on trial, right? You know that part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there may only be. But you don't know the result. There may even. You don't know the result of the trial. No, right? let me get my iPad out. Let me see exactly where I'm at here. As well, we we can do this live. I don't remember when I fell asleep. All I remember was that. Um, let's see. We have. So Carol is the coach who always gets the uniform violation DQs called. I'm trying to think who uh, Jeff Lowe is. The uh... oh man, <laughs> Jeff Lowe is the kid. <laughs> I know who Jeff Lowe is. Uh, I have 13 minutes. Uh, I have that? 13 minutes left. Eight. He's... Uh, who's Jeff Lowe? Jeff Jeff Lowe's the kid who who transfers to your school senior year, and during like the last part of summer workouts, uh, he looks like he can really help you, and he uh, he tells you his times from his old school, but then you go and look up and you're like, well, those aren't. There's no Jeff Lowe at this high school, and then you realize that in the workouts, like he's gone for like a portion of the workout and then he just comes back and all of a sudden he's like super fresh and running fast. And then you realize there was no Jeff Lowe at that old high school and he's gone before the first meet. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Jeff Lowe is someone who would lie about his like times, you know, uses like relay splits as a PRs, stuff like that. You know? Je- Jeff, Jeff Lowe before Britney Spears broke six in the hundred, Jeff Lowe said that he broke six in the hundred. Yes. In fact, Jeff Lowe, Jeff Lowe, uh, I think has broken five in the, in the hundred. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been that good. Just got to push yourself. Man, there's Just a lot of do. different, you know, track characters. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, it's a good thing. We're not tying. See what I originally want to do is I wanted to cast it. Right. And I wanted to cast it with like track athletes, but Ooh. then I realized like associating any of these, these people with an actual human being, might be looked upon as like insulting to that human being because no one really has redeem redeeming qualities in a way, you know, like how would someone yeah. feel if we announce who Carol Baskin is in the track world? Like that person would not be too happy. They could probably sue us for libel or slander. <laughs> right. Uh, I like the way you, that. you, you did archetypes, which was a smart way to do this. Yeah. You, you, you painted a picture of, of who they were because you're ba- you're basically yeah you're trying to recast it. you're trying to say what's the most ridiculous running type documentary you could come up with and what what ingredients would it need to to get there but i mean in this show someone gets their arm ripped off by a tiger and it's like the hundredth biggest part of the show <laughs> and then it happens <laughs> joe exotic has the foresight to put on a bomber jacket with a ambulance emt logo on it like who yeah. has that in their house and when that happens the first thing they do is like oh i gotta make sure i put on the right jacket for this situation yeah and then he ends it with like the best line i feel like was like as soon as this happens one of the first things he says is i'm never going to recover from this financially yeah like, that's yeah, like yeah. on his mind 
His trainer ripped his arm off. Ripped their arm off. Comes back seven days later. It was ridiculous. And oh, and man. the trainers a hundred percent behind him too. Oh, I didn't want the media getting yeah. this and using this against him. It's like wait a whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't media. seen it, if you haven't seen it, it's a good watch. I I highly recommend it. Uh, you'll understand more of the first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of this podcast. Um, if you didn't, I apologize. And one last thing I want to say about it, um, the the documentary was filmed over five years. And when I, because I've been now doing a lot of producing for our flow track documentaries, I kind of watch it with, from a lens of like, wow, I know what it took for them to do that. Like, Oh, they went even beyond. Cause you know, they filmed something for five years. Right. Yeah. And I com- kind of was comparing it to like when I felt, when we filmed the NAU series for three or four months. Right. And five I think years. about the number of shoots we five. did five, <laughs> five years. And, I, you know, it's just kind of interesting. I also just see, like, the footage they got, and I'm always thinking, like, oh, man, it would have been great to get that moment when we filmed the Houston series or this moment when we did the mm-hmm. NAU series. Because I think about, like, all the stuff that you just miss naturally. Like, in my opinion, like, the NAU series, right? Imagine yeah. if we didn't turn the camera off after cross country, if we kept it going through this indoor season and then ended it with what happened with Corona and, like, that would have made that documentary even like crazier because then you have, Oh, you think it's over after cross country, but wait, they have this rally. They run all these fast times. They have this big new, uh, mm-hmm. arc to create. And then it comes crashing down again. Right. And yeah. then you'd think, Oh no, I want to keep, I want to keep filming and I want to film any of you through the virus and then see them. If they can come back cross country. Like you just keep on thinking of like, because this Joe Exotic thing, they first filmed it. They didn't know it was going to end up the way it did. You know, They were thinking it was going to be something completely different when they started. Like They weren't yeah. thinking it's going to be a kill-to-hire plot when they said, hey, can we come film you? you know, and I think about that NAU. Like, you think it's going to be one thing, but it could become even more. You know, so well, that's, that's what the... I think about is like opportunities in the track world documentary-wise. Well, that's what a lot of good documentaries are, right? Remember Icarus, the doping one? It starts off with the guy's a cyclist, and he starts taking PEDs to see how good he'll be, and then he gets hooked in with the Russian whistleblower, and then it becomes all about nefarious doping in Russia. That's yeah, that's I think my favorite part of, of that is of documentaries is just when it takes a complete turn. Didn't they have the benefit though of they said Jeff Lowe taped everything, so they probably got access to that footage. And then the reality TV producer, the guy who's in the very – well, he's in the first whatever episodes, and then he gets yeah. accused of doing something bad, which clearly was not him. It was it was our, our, our protagonist that did it. Um, I think he had a lot of footage. Or wait, did all of his stuff go away? Did, we, did he lose all of his footage? No, some of his footage – I think he had some – like when he said it all got gone away, like a majority of it. But um, there were some clips from his – thing that like they showed like the intro that he created for him and stuff like that yeah that was you know they had a it lot wasn't all the footage but it was a majority yeah of it. yeah they, they had a lot of people willing to chip in footage but you're right they just follow where the story goes and with this one can you imagine the production meetings every couple weeks with this thing guys i know i said last week was yeah. the craziest but this week, <laughs> this week and like they're constantly like hey man like they're always like all right you ready for us to you know you ready to edit it and put it up we're ready to go this is probably like a 2016 like or 2017 yeah. no it was in 2016 like yeah man we got the story and then they realize but he's running for president now oh okay no we got to keep going <laughs> and they cover him running for president it's like all right now we're done 
oh, and then this happens. All right, now we're done. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine the 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 whoever overseeing boss, the executive producer, was kind of like, all right, now it's done. But then they're like, well, actually, this happened. It's like, all right, yeah. but now that it completely is done, it's done, done. They they they, they you know, yeah. Whoever's but, idea it was, yeah, it's interesting. Who, well, once the main guy ends up in jail, like you at least have a little time. Right, you at least have a break because yeah. the legal system moves slowly enough to where you know you can get this out before it's not completely gone. Yeah, whoever whoever said let's just keep going for a little longer on that project deserves a raise because that was yes. the key. That was the key. Just keep going, just keep unwinding the uh, the string there. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the last gonna, thirteen minutes. I'm going to use that when my boss at Flow says, "Hey, I think." I think it's time to like put an end to your project you're working on. But like, hey, that that what the person who said that to the Joe Exotic, it wasn't a good idea. So maybe I have my next Joe Exotic project coming up. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm gonna say. What what do, what do you say about Carol Baskin? Huh? Huh? <laughs> no, but you, but the NAU thing is a perfect example, right? You just never know. Yeah. Um. There's a sports documentary. I cannot think of the name of it. Um. I'm sure you've – I don't know if you've come across it. But basically it started off with this guy who was uh, – I think he was a professor at UW in Seattle. And he got really into coaching his daughter's basketball team. And it was – the story was just like unconventional guy who knows nothing about sports, but he's applying all these – this is like before advanced analytics in basketball basically. Um and he's applying all these things to his daughter's basketball team. And he sticks with her and he keeps coaching her and he keeps coaching her and he keeps coaching her. So there's all this old footage and that's like what's the, what the doc is supposed to be about. Um, but then midway through uh, – actually not midway through. Towards the end, uh, it tur- it's more about one of his daughter's teammates just because they kept filming with everything and they had all this amazing footage. It's called uh, The Heart of the Game. The Heart of the Game from 2005. Ooh. Oh, it's narrated by Ludacris. I didn't remember that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but that's what it reminded me of. Ludicrous. Like it started off as, it started off as one thing, and it ended up in a kind of completely different place, and you have no idea where, where it's going to go. And then by the end, you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's it's about this person, but it started off for completely different reasons. Um, not as wild as Joe Exotic, though. So you have to sort of temper your expectations if you're into just memeable moments. My favorite guy, I think, of the whole thing is the uh, campaign manager. I think that guy's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I love him. He works at Walmart selling gun ammo, and then all of a sudden he's a presidential campaign manager. And he, he's great. Yeah, he's like, I'm a libertarian, so this is how I feel about the federal government. <laughs> just like, oh, that was the best line ever. I love that line. As a fellow libertarian, I love. I appreciate it that was, line. So. It was uh, – someone posted on Twitter, it's like – it shows how crazy that whole series was that that like didn't become the meme from the entire thing because it was like yeah. a million other crazy things. But as like a, as a meme, that was uh, that was nuts. Um, there's a new Olympic date. It's pr- yeah, pretty much right when we thought it would be. It's one year, um, almost one year to the day of when the Olympics were going to be held this year. So July 23rd through August 8th. Write that down. I'll say it again so that way you can write this down. It's not going to be printed anywhere else. July 23rd to August 8th, which I think that means track would start on the 31st and go through maybe on the 1st. Not entirely sure. But, yeah. Right in that slot time, or that time slot that we thought. Yeah, so the one thing I, I always think about it is uh, it. 
I wonder how close. So one interesting thing about the Olympic trials that were going to happen this year was how close they were to the end of NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that they were kind of too close to NCAAs because if you're peaking for NCAAs, you're going to be kind of – and have to go roll in right the following week to do an Olympic trials. You're not going to survive, right? Um, and and I think they had to do that because of the, where they put the trials in the time schedule. So I think it might be the same, right? I, will, will there be at least – is it going to be back-to-back NCAA-USA trials most likely I mean, they, because of when the Olympics are? They haven't announced trials, but I would guess they would put trials in the exact same spot and they would put NCAAs in the exact same spot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We could get basically a a repeat of, of this year's schedule. Also don't know where are they going to put – are they going to put NCAAs in Austin again because it was supposed to be Austin this year or are they going to move it to Eugene? No. They're going to move it to Eugene. Well, cause then, okay, so then Eugene is going to host next year. Uh, oh yeah, I'm guessing they'll keep Pac-12s there, right? Because they didn't get to do it, and they'll have the Oregon State meet, and they'll have the Prefontaine Classic, and then they'll have NCAA's, and then they'll have the Olympic trials. I mean, they've done a crazy schedule before, but that's um, that's a lot for the first year of the first year of the stadium. Well, in general, for a lot of these like bids, in general, like. When NCA cancels all these events, does it just carry over to do they do all those venues lose the bid? I don't think they've decided that yet. That's that's the big question. Yeah. I think I think if I'm if I'm Hayward Field, if I'm in charge of that operation, I'd rather not probably do tr- uh, NCAA's, excuse me, because you have a finite amount of officials, right? <laughs> that's just a lot. That's like a lot of yeah. big time meets um for that first year when you're still working out the kinks so i'd be surprised now they said world athletics obviously cool with the decision now they're working on moving worlds to 2022 i think they'll be able to make that work i mean if you can move the olympics around you can make the other stuff work and that'd be the right decision obviously well the only, the, the big you know situation with moving worlds to 2022 is it messes it doesn't really affect americans but it messes with the commonwealth and european championships yeah yeah um and those were basically i wonder if they're gonna move then yes or do you think they are they said they're in talks to move those yeah but where would they move them (sighs) because the commonwealth and european that's like an all isn't that like an all sport type event it's not just track right commonwealth games is kind of like a mini olympics and same with european champs no your right? euros is just track euros is just track i think um, is it i don't think it is no i think it's european athletic i think it's like sailing you know sailing not, just put like them out in the water just let them let them get on their boat and go um no you're right with commonwealth but okay so say they i mean why couldn't you do commonwealth in wasn't I mean the last Commonwealth was super early, right? Because it was a, a Southern Hemisphere Commonwealth. It's Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So they did that in March or April. Um, where is? Yeah, I. I just feel like that you can, you can put enough time in between them. And look, if you overlap too close to Commonwealth, then athletes are just going to have to decide: Do you want to run in the World Championships or do you want to run the Commonwealth Games? And I think we know what the answer to that's going to be from the track perspective. So. That something has to give here, Whichever right? Whichever one I can get a medal in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, something has to give here. This is never. This is not going to be perfect. This is not. This is not an yeah, ideal situation. So something's going to have to be sacrificed. So, 
Uh, I don't want to let perfect be the enemy of good here. I want to make sure that 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 everybody is. Look, I I I thought it was kind of funny when they said when the IOC was like, "Look, we're going to find a date in 2021. We're going to talk to the different sport federations. There's how many different sport federations? 40, 50, something like that. Um, 33. 30. Okay. Is that actually true, or did you just name a number? I think so. No, okay. I think it's 33. And we're going to get it straight. I like the idea of all but one coming back and being like, okay, yep, that date works fine, end of July, early August. But then badminton's like, no, nah, it conflicts with a duel we got going on. And then just <laughs> like at a certain point, the Olympics are like, hey, we're the freaking Olympics. This is when our date is. You guys figure it out. You guys figure out when you yeah. want to do your trials and your championships and all that other stuff. But let's not mix this well, thing I, up. I think in general, it, it would have been – crazy if they decided to do it like in a season that wasn't normal like if they did it like yes early spring or like fall or winter time then people would be like all right you're messing with the the feng shui of the groove right yeah so i think that's as long as long as they kept it in the summer months it was gonna be fine but say for example eugene 2021 could not move for whatever reason like it's just is an impossibility suspend your disbelief about why that would be the case but just say Eugene 2021, and it's in the end of August or the middle of August, right? And then, But then the Olympics got the okay from literally every other sport to move it to the date they're going to move it. They'd be like, okay, tough, track. Here's when the Olympics are. Deal with it. Like, the World Championships are going to be two months after track. That's just how, that's just how it's going to be, right? And I think 99% of the population – think. Th- it cares about the Olympics. They don't care about the World Championships. Yeah. And, they, and the IOC would know that, and then they would move on, and then – we would go to 2022 and there would be a dead year to be a super bummer because we'd be like, hey, there should be world championships this year, but there's not. So I, I just think they had a lot of leverage in this situation. Yes, I agree. One thing I'm thinking about is obviously we're a track podcast, but we just spent 30 minutes talking about a Netflix show. We're a Netflix so spend another few minutes. podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, Netflix slash track podcast. Uh, one thing I think it might affect is basketball. So hear me out, right? So the Sixers, the basketball season, they're going to have it. They're going to have the NBA season. They said they're going to do it, but it's going to be delayed, right? So they might start June first. So that means the basically the NBA playoffs are going to go into you know August and September of this year, but they're not going to then start the next season right away, right? So they're going to have to push back the twenty twenty one season, and when you push that back. There's a chance that the NBA Finals could be going on during the Olympics. Mm. Wouldn't that be wild? That'd and be if crazy. that did, would that kind of like, would you rather play for Team USA or play for your city team in an NBA semifinal? For your NBA team? Because they're paying you millions of dollars? That's not a, that's not a hard question at all. I think, and I'm not just saying this from a Spurs fan perspective, I think they should just call the season and then start fresh again. <laughs> You've said that after like three games into the year, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. you're looking for the call of the season. So. It just didn't feel right. It you can't talk. You, there, there is no way you're gonna feel any uh, sympathy from anyone. You're a Spurs fan. You've made the playoffs every freaking year of your entire life. Mm-hmm. You've won all these titles. I don't care that you guys suck. Like it's okay. You're allowed to like deal with it. 
We don't Welcome suck. Welcome to the real world where you suck every few years. We don't suck. We were preparing for a 15-game win streak, which would have propelled us in the playoffs if not for this unforeseen event that happened. So uh, I, I, I resent that, Gordon. Yeah, I just think at a certain point you push it back. So, you're right. You push it back so far, and then, okay, now it's screwed up two seasons, right? It's screwed up the current season, and then it's going to screw yeah. up next season. Eh, if they cut it down from 82, I don't think anybody would be mad, though, right? If they, next year's a 70-game no. season. I mean, the uh... – the, the TV deal people will be mad because they don't get their money. So Yeah, but again, everybody's going to have to figure out – everybody's going to have to realize it's not going to be the same. So you got to decide how you want it to how, – how you want it to go. And if you're badminton or if you're a TV executive, you're not going to get everything exactly the way you want it. Well, here's the thing though. What's the thing? The only – we can pretend that sports exist because – we want to crown champions and see competition. But sports exist because it's a business. And so these sports uh, governing bodies should make decisions, should make business decisions, not like the right thing decisions in a way, right? Because like the only reason these sports exist is because they make money and they are funded, you know, you're able to watch it, right? So. Right. We but, like to pretend that sports are just like a hobby, but they're not. They're like an actual like industry that is trying to make money and pay employees and do this. So like I, I just think if you I can okay. never blame a sports federation for making a money decision. Oh, I will. That's their job. I will because I'll give you a, a hypothetical. I mean, say this say the NBA season didn't start until November and then you still try to cram 82 games in or December. That'd be insane. Even from a business perspective that would be insane because You'd see a, you'd see a rise in injuries. You'd see a rise even more in load management. I don't think it would be a smart. I don't think it'd be a smart business decision even. So there's a chance that both those things align. Well, no, I think the NBA is going to. No, I think the NBA is just going to say you're going to either play in the NBA playoffs or play in the Olympics. You choose. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about next. Which is fine. I mean, I'm just talking about next uh, year, like in terms of a truncated schedule. Because you're saying if you cut down, well, whatever sport it is, if you cut down meets or if you cut down games right to accommodate this this shortened schedule that it's going to cost them money well yeah it's true but it's also the reality of the fact is you can't you can't ask the human body to do that much in that small period of time and if you do do that and and um i don't think it's going to be good on the other end because there is going to be an uptick in injuries and people sitting out and just in general you're going to get all that star players saying this is stupid why are we doing this it's it's not going to be a good look for them well i think what the nba will do is They'll never cut the season short. What they'll do is they'll just slowly get it back to where it was. So what they normally start around Halloween, right? So the yeah. 2021 season will start on Christmas. The 2022 season will start December 10th. And then the next one will start December 1. And they'll keep going back. So it'll take 10 years to get back to schedule. <laughs> but without sacri- – that's what I think we'll do. That's interesting. So yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. As long as the Sixers trade Embiid. You know. That's, it's fine. I think we're all good. There. No, man. Dude, I had a dream last night that Embiid died from coronavirus. It was awful. Oh, that's sad. It was not good. It was not a good dream. That's yeah. Sad. Also, because I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see like now on my Twitter tr- trends, like every time a famous person dies, oh, yeah. they're like telling me about it. Yeah, yeah. Because like apparently when famous people die, it's more important than when the two thousand other people die. But uh, yeah, it's like weird because you think right now that the famous people are kind of like not to like. They're not as famous. You're like, oh, I guess they had a job that was kind of relevant. Like one was like a CBS executive. It's like, all right, no one knows who this person is. It's the same thing as a 
bank executive, like whatever, uh, like, or anyone, right? Just, that's their job. But I was thinking like, eventually it's going to get to a more and more famous person, right? Event, eventually we're going to have a person that we all know that's going to die, right? Yeah. Like this, it's bound to happen. This got really dark and the dark stuff is for Lincoln episodes. So I'm going to switch uh, gears okay, here. Yes, yes. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Is, is our email address, and we got an email that I want to read. Are you ready for this, Gordon? We do? Yes. I'm ready for the email. I did see one email that was, like, not a real email. I don't know how they sent it to us. Did you see that? You deleted it. I saw you deleted the email. Oh, it was a spam email. Yeah, yeah. You get the – look, when you're, in yeah, the indi- when you're in the podcast industry, like we are now, and we've been for the past <laughs> month, you get a lot of people who are uh, trying, to, trying to bend your ear for this product or that product, and – Maybe they're just typing in the words podcast into Google and then doing a mass email to everybody. Maybe that's what happened. Um, that's probably what it was. Yes. yes. That's 100% what it was. But this email is from Frank, who said he's a huge fan of the show. What's up, Frank? Now, he says he's a huge fan of the show, but that might have been before Tiger King and Gordon got super depressed uh, on the show. So, <laughs> for the few fans that we have left, uh, he wants to know. Tiger King was a good episode. Come on. It was good. Yeah. Well, I just, if people didn't watch it, we should have put, hey – you should listen, watch the Tiger King before tuning in. Anyway, Frank wants to know, do you think Christian Coleman will break the American record in the 100-meter dash at the Olympic trials with another year of training under his belt? And with the U.S. 400-meter dash field so vast, who do you think makes the team for Tokyo 2021? What do you got here, Gordon? First of all, I believe they're still calling it Tokyo 2020, even though it's held in 2021. Mm. That's official. They're not changing the branding. Okay. So we're just going to live in a weird reality where 2021 is 2022. I mean, 2021 is 2020. All right. So question, first one, what uh, American record is 969? 969, yep. Tyson game. Yeah. What's Coleman's current PB? You don't have Christian Coleman's PB memorized? No, you don't either. I see you looking at your computer screen (laughs) trying to look it up. 976. What is Coleman? So 976, 969, yep. does he break it? You asking me? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't think so. And I just think we need, I mean, now that I think about it, maybe, but uh, I don't think so. I think Noah Lyles isn't good enough or ready to push Coleman to that time. Like, I think... In order for someone to get that time, they need to be pushed. And That's a weird take. Lyles isn't going to push him yet. I just, I just don't think Lyles is going to push him yet. I think Lyles is not a 9-7 guy, and so there's no need for Coleman to be a 9-6 guy. Right? It's, it's just like – It's weird you try that. Lyles right now is a 9 <laughs> – I think Lyles is a 9-8 guy, right? I, I don't know. It's I'm 100. Just, you don't need to be and pushed. And I get the – It's 100. Why does yeah, you do. Britney Spears ran 5.97 you by herself. You need to be pushed. Solo. You need to be pushed, man. No. Look. There's a re- – you need to be pushed. Okay. I think Coleman we're, – we're, we're getting to the point where we're like peak Coleman, right? And I think he's going to end his career as the American record holder in the 100. I, I see him getting, you know, not – I think just under it, but I, I see a 6.7 or a 6.8 in his future. Um, and I think that's going to be next year. I mean, look at how he did just his one race indoors. He was already almost where he was last year after a bunch of indoor races. So I think we're going to see it in Tokyo. Let's see. He's born in 96. So how old is he? 24 right now. Is that right? 
Maybe 25 yeah. next year. Yeah. So I think I think interesting for him though. Now he has like a run of championships, right? Because there's no off year. So now he gets to go 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Five straight years. I think he might do it. I could see him doing it in 2022 at the World Championships okay. because Eugene is a fake wind tunnel that they don't call out because there's so many fast wind legal times in Eugene that aren't really wind legal in my opinion. Conspiracy. That's just my take. I think Cons- that – I think – there's some timers there who are like, oh, 2.1. Let's just round that down to 1.9. Whoa. That's what I think. Wow. Okay, interesting. I don't – There's 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 times when it was really windy, and then all of a sudden it was a 2.0, and I'm like, come on. No, no. Uh, that can't be it. I mean, the, tr- the thing is there's no – not to get a conspiracy. There's no like – Too late. You're there. Uh, Like there's no like uh, oversight – like a timer can just lie. How do we – we just believe timers with their wind gauges. We just – like we don't think that there's some underground market of like, hey, give me a legal wind. I need a legal – like we just trust them. Yep. And we we trust timers more than I think we should. Not I, I, not to disrespect timers, but like we trust them that they're – like their they're lean photo, they didn't alter at all. We just like, oh, yeah, it's their computer. We just trust their computer. Like a timer would never lie. Like we think every timer is some like saint that would never, ever want to rig a race, whether make it win legal or not. Like how do we know Oregon just has this giant slush fund that they're given to the timers to ensure that they get win legal marks every time? It's crazy how often there's a win legal mark at NCAAs. But like in the prelims, it wasn't win legal. And all of a sudden in the final, it's win legal. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, who's checking the timers to make sure they're not lying? We just trust them. Do they have to take some? Are they like these? Just this is by far the dumbest thing I've ever. Like, how do we know? <laughs> it's it's not that dumb. Hold on, okay, hold on. Do you think there has been a timer in the history of timing events that lied? Ever. Yes, of course. Yes, at some point. You're, there you go. So you you've watched too much Tiger if, King, if, though. If that, but if that can happen, it could happen anywhere. It could happen at the Olympic level. It could. Look, um, we're just there's we're too just much trusting their computers. Computers have errors, man. Well, okay, so that I think that is actually, I I believe that more than the other thing. I believe I don't believe malicious lying. I believe more that there could be some sort of technological glitch at some point. Um, the dimensions of Hayward are, are, will have changed, so we don't know what the wind will be and yes. how and how it will play. Um, the surface there has always been fast, though. Too, I mean, yes, you get good you get good winds. There's a lot of wind illegal times there as well. Remember DeGrasse in the NCAA's that year had huge winds behind him. Yeah, and they read them as as huge winds. There's been a lot of wind aided pre classic times, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not with you on that whole. Uh, conspiracy um christian coleman is going to break the christian coleman is going to break the world record and he's going to do it outright in a race where there's no issue about the wind there i will say it. he's going to do it next year i think he'll i think he's going to i think he'll run in all conditions american record because i think it'll be windy but i will say this back to my timer rant i do know of an event that the result is in question and we're not allowed to talk about it publicly i'm just saying there is a race out there that happened in the past six years where we don't know who really it was it was like a leaning it was like 
the, the like the who won the lean, and we don't really know for sure who truly won, and uh, yeah, I know event it is. I there's like three people also who are on it who know that this event might be in question. But I'm just saying, timers. Okay, I'm not. Timers are good. We should trust them. They are the most important thing for our sport. I don't think they're all liars. I think they're all trustworthy people. I like everyone's given the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying, like, you backtrack there's bad quick. people in this world. You could, you could easily have a a timer who's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something an American record, or I'm gonna make something win legal or not. I don't know. Just saying. I'm just, just saying. It's more the technology that I'm, I'm concerned with. I think I don't think they have really any. Yes. They have any interest in, in changing anything maliciously. But uh, yeah, that went in a direction I didn't think it was gonna go. Uh, I'll give you that. I think you've been watching. <laughs> you've been hanging out with. Uh, Did I stress you out? Sorry. You've been hanging out with Jeff too much at the at the at the preserve, uh, opening the zoo. Uh, talking. Just saying, man. Talking to the feds. Um, the second part of his question: Who makes the U.S. team? for 2021 in the 400 in the 400 yeah i'm guessing he's i guess he's saying men but we can do men and women if you want i know who's not making the team just alice felix just start with she's gonna just start with who's on the team his question was who's on the team okay uh men i'll go norman curly and then kamari hmm I think Justin Robinson right, might have we? a chance. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's right in that – he'll be right in that sweet, that age sweet spot, right? Kind of like Will London. That's a good point, yeah. Will London making the that team yeah. after he got seventh in NCAAs and then got top three at USAs. This, I mean, the year's going to be so weird, but I, I, I could see him sneaking in there. I feel confident about Norman and, and Curley, obviously. Uh, Strother, Norwood. You go through all the usual, usual suspects. Montgomery. Who else are we? Who else are we missing? Who is like a, a freshman or sophomore this year, at the NCAA level? Who we didn't really get to see at NCAA's. Oh, the guy from Rand- Randolph Ross. Yeah. Yep. The North Carolina 18T. Trevor Stewart's pretty good. I mean, he, he didn't run good this past indoor season, but he's not really an indoor guy. Um, yeah, I mean. Quincy, I think it's Quincy, there's going to be Quincy Hall's good, but he's going to be in the four hundred hurdles. Yeah, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Norman and Curly, and then we'll see one one surprise. And I think Robinson would count as a surprise just because he is yeah not not known by many, even though he's been laying down some crazy splits. And I would go with Montgomery for that third spot. Yeah, I mean he, you know, women's. I, think he, I mean he's women, the NCAA, he was the NCAA champion last year. He didn't have a good U.S. champs this past year, but he was the U.S. He won USA's and he won NCA's in back to back years. So I feel like that means something. Yeah, but yeah, women's side of things, man, it's it's tough right now to sort that out. I think Jonathan is solid in there. I think she's the favorite. Wembley was good and then uh, had an injury before Worlds. I might even say the same team we just had. Wembley, Francis, and Jonathus. So what I about Kendall that. Ellis? What about Kendall Ellis? I mean same like I'd put her so she okay, so she made it too because Francis had the had the bye, right? So it was those four women. 
Yeah, I mean, she's in that yeah. next group. Someone like Irby, Lena Irby is really interesting to me because she had a great year and then and then went pro and hasn't got back to where she was as a collegiate yet. Um, and there's going to be another, I, you know, someone like Chloe Abbott or Alexis Holmes after another year could be really good. Here, Here's a thought on the women's 400 that might be interesting is do you think someone like Shamir Little will abandon the 400 hurdles to try to make a 400 team? That's a good question. Because That's a good question, but no, it, I don't. So who would be a – the four hurdle team would be Muhammad, McLaughlin, and – Either Spencer or Little or if Corey Carter gets it back, should be in there. Yeah. Might be some – But like – Maybe Anna Cockrell. You'd think – see, I, I think I could see like Shamir Little can run – can split 49 seconds in a 4 by 4 I think there might be one of those big four of Spencer, Little, McLaughlin, and Muhammad who will be like, hey, I I think mainly be Spencer or Little. Be like, I have a better shot again, top three in the flat 400 than I do again, top three when you have the two greatest 400 meter hurdlers of all time in their prime. So, yeah, I don't know. That's my thought. No, it's not. I mean, evolved. I know Ashley Spencer tried to do that like in 2016, didn't she? Try to like do both. Well, she started off as a – she was running a lot of flat 400s and then she was – and then yeah. 400 hurdles. So she – yeah, look, if you're fast at the 400 hurdles, you're going to be fast in the 400. It's just the way it works. So you could be yeah. a factor. The two best would obviously be McLaughlin and Muhammad, but they're not going to do it because they're the best two in the world. It's good enough, make. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I – now this is where I want to see the trial schedule. And this is why as soon as I get yeah. it, I'm going to put it in my – in the top of my top of my screen right here and I'm going to keep it there for the next – Oh, man, what are we going to be at, 14 months? It's going to be a long time <laughs> yeah. in my browser because I would love to see those two races possible, and I'd love to see the 4-meter hurdles yeah. first. I'd love to see the 4-meter hurdles first because then Ooh, you can see – that would be great. Yeah, if someone didn't get in the 4-meter hurdles, then they'd try to make it in the 400, and that would be – that'd be cool because the 400, you're right. The 400 is – our 400 hurdlers are, are – the United States' 4-meter hurdlers are – fast enough and the open 400 right now is doable enough to where you could see some crossover and what if the schedule works out for even for tokyo for a double that would be nuts yeah i mean you you could argue that the people go one two three in the 400 are really the fourth fifth and sixth best 400 meter runners in the u.s in my opinion yeah i i jonathan's right now i'd say is still is still solid in there, but Muhammad, yeah, okay. Muhammad, Muhammad McLaughlin are, are great. I mean, they are, they are, yeah, they go. there's a reason they were on the four by four, right? They, they weren't on yeah. there for fun. They weren't on there just for, because they, they ran a good race and people wanted to see them again. They were on there because they are two of the fastest four in the United States. But yeah, Spencer, yeah. you bring up, you bring up a good point. I mean, Spencer almost made the Olympic team way back when, when she was at Illinois in the flat four could have made the relay pool probably. She's legit in that. In yeah, that's why. I, I think we would hope that the four hundred hurdles are first because then it would allow that fourth place four hundred hurdler to at least do the flat four to at least make the relay pool, right? Because mm -hmm. they're going to take the top. They're going to take what the top eight four hundred meter runners because of the mixed gender. You know, you take the yeah. top four plus two plus another two. You know, so yeah. Now Obi gets to people, always you just have go. To make the final. 
That's the rule. Obi Abakwe yeah. is always on the on the mixed gender four by four. You can't argue with success, right? Put Michael Cherry. Run that team back. No. They had good chemistry. They had good chemistry. Run that run that same squad back. Uh, who was that? Felix and I don't remember. I remember Michael Cherry. Was Will London on that final team? Might have been Will London. I'm not sure. All I know is they completely switched out their team before the prelims and the finals. And most countries are like scraping together to get a, a 400 meter runner to run that that silly race. And the U.S. is like, nope, new four bodies in, go. <laughs> so, uh, so okay. So to recap, I have Norman, Curley, Montgomery, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna go with Jonathan. I think it'll be Jonathan, Kendall Ellis, and uh, Phyllis Francis. If I had to pick my three. Okay, yeah. I got the same. I got Wimbley on there um, ahead of Ellis right now. And then I'll, I'll put Justin Robinson on there. Just I, Something unpredictable is going to happen in the 400. Um, it's just trying to figure out figure out what. And I have yes on a Coleman American record. You have no because of some conspiracy about timing. You have some really sad <laughs> – you have some sad stuff about the current pandemic that we're not going to talk about. Uh, you have all your Tiger King takes. So we covered a lot of ground. I mean the today. best thing we got out – the best thing we got out of this podcast is that Carol Baskins is that coach who gets people DQ'd for uniform violations. 100%. That's who Carol Baskins is. And she smiles with that trophy. She'll smile all the way. Oh, my goodness. And she's just like – People not, who – like, yeah. The rules are the rules. It's not my fault yeah. that the other teams didn't follow the, the rules. And I started an online petition. It has 12 million Facebook likes uh, that says that uh, you can't break in early in the 800. Sorry, you're out. <laughs> hey there, cool it's cats like and kittens. Three of those, th- three three of your socks were uh, <laughs> white. The other pair of socks were black, so you can't have it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it's it. crazy how it, it is crazy though how high school like officials are crazy about like these uniform rules and all this stuff and jewelry and headphones. It's crazy how like, and then you get to college and you're kind of like, all right, it doesn't matter. Just to show up. You know? Oh yeah. And you get to the pros and it's like, wear an enormous chain on your neck. Who cares? Yeah. You can, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you want to try to choke yourself? Yeah. Cool. Do it. We don't care. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, anywhere else. Oh, we're on Flowtrack. We're on SoundCloud. You can find it anywhere. Uh, tomorrow, it'll be Lincoln and I. So Lincoln will lighten the mood a little bit here after this downer episode with, with Gordon. And then it'll be – what's the schedule? Okay, then you and Lincoln on – Wednesday and then Thursday it'll be you and I again. So I'll watch the other 17, 13 minutes, however much I have left. I'll watch that before we we talk again on Thursday, Gordon. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>